Man, I'm here to tell you, God is good, and uh, you know, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I don't know the rest of you fathers feel this, but it's a wonderful thing to be a father, isn't it? It's a big responsibility, but it's a wonderful thing to be able to be a father. And uh, I'm going to preach today on the Lord's Supper, and you may go, well, Brother Mark, what in the world does that have to do with Father's Day? Amen. But uh, I'm going to tie it in, and I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to I'm going to tell you here at the beginning, I'm going to tell you how we tie that in with Father's Day, and then I'm going to preach about why, why do we take the Lord's Supper. I've been preaching the last few weeks over the foundations of our faith. Why do we believe what we believe? Why do we do what we do? Is it just because that's what your mom and daddy taught you? Is it just because, well, I was brought up in a certain church and that's what they told me? Or have you really searched out your own faith? You know, just like I told my kids growing up, I said, when you get to heaven, they're not going to ask what your daddy did, what your mama did, what kind of person they were. It's not going to have anything to do with anybody else. When you stand in heaven and you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be directed at you and you personally because it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And there won't be anybody else to go in on anybody else's coattails. It's wonderful that you have a a good godly mother or a good godly father or a good godly grandma and a good godly grandpa. But listen, you will not get to heaven on anybody else's merits. It is a personal decision that you make for Jesus Christ. Jesus won't ask, what did, you, what did your mama do or what did your daddy do? He's going to ask you, what did you do with my son Jesus Christ? Did you live for him? Amen. So here's what we've got to understand. Here's what the Lord's Supper has to do with Father's Day, and I want all the fathers to look at me. I'm so glad you're here today, and again, we want to honor you today. We want to give you a free gift. We want you to feel honored, but I'm here to tell you, I believe that we are experiencing um, a real hard time in America right now, the youth spiritually, and I believe we need revival in America. I believe we needed revival for quite a while. But I'm here to tell you, if we are going to see revival in this church, if we're going to see revival in the church in the world, if we're going to see revival happen in this nation, I believe the responsibility falls to us men. I believe the responsibility falls to the men, that men, we have to stand up and we have to step up and we have to be the men of God that God has called us to be. Amen. We need to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, men, I'm directing right at you. I'm sorry it's Father's Day, uh, but I, here's what I believe. I believe God has laid this on my heart because I believe if we're going to see the church stand up and rise up, then the men have to stand up and rise up. Amen? And what does that have to do with the Lord's Supper? Well, when we take the Lord's Supper, what does that commemorate? What are we doing? We're, we're remembering, you remember, we eat of the bread, and that represents the body of Christ that was broken for you. All right? And then what do we do? We drink the juice, and it represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled for you. So it commemorates the greatest sacrifice that anybody can do for anybody else, and that is to give their life for another person. And Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice, and he gave his life for your sins and for my sins. Can I get an amen? Do you believe that? So here's what we need to understand. Now, if I were to ask every man in this building, would you die for your family? Would you take a bullet for your family? Would you put yourself in harm's way to save your family? I believe probably every man would raise their hand. Amen? But can I make you understand something? That way before Jesus died and gave himself, he lived for us. 
And I believe every man in this place would say, I would die for my family. I'd take a bullet for my family. But can I tell you, before that even matters, before it even matters whether you would die for your family, are you living for your family right now, today? So what, am I, what are you asking me, Brother I'm asking you, men, are you leading your family like God wants you to lead your family today? I know every one of you would die for your family. I know you all love your family so much, you would willingly lay down your life for your family. But I'm asking you, before you're willing to die, are you willing to live for your family? Are you willing to be the spiritual leader in your home? Are you willing to do the things to be the example that Christ has called you to be to your sons and your daughters? Amen? Because I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're willing to die for your family if you're not living for your family. And way before Jesus died for us, he lived for us. And he set the perfect example for us. Amen. So, men, the challenge is to you today. We need to step up, men. We need to be the husbands. We need to be the fathers that God has called us to be. Your wife should not be the spiritual leader in your home. Amen. You should be the spiritual leader in your home. Amen. Now, listen, that's not to say anything. God bless you godly women. God bless you. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to ask you, wives, don't do that for your husband. That is his responsibility. The Bible simply states it as this, that you are the priest of your home. So I would even tell you this. Women, if you're being the spiritual leader in your home, you need to sit down and have a talk with your husband and say, you know what, honey? I don't need to do this. This is not my responsibility. This is your responsibility. So I want to give honor to you, and I want to step back and let you be the spiritual leader in your home. And that may scare some of you men. You may say, well, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I don't. Listen, all God wants is a willing heart, and God will give you the right words, and God will let you step up. If you're willing to say, God, I don't know how, but I'm willing to be the spiritual leader, God will show you how. Amen. All you have to do is have a willing heart and be willing to. Amen. So as we talk today about the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus made, I want you to think about men. And when we come to the invitation, I want some of you men to step up and say, and come forward and say, you know what? I need to step up. I need to do better. I need to be the leader in my home. Because I believe if our country has any hope of coming back to God, it's up to us men. And we have to step up. We have to step up. All right. The Lord's Supper. During the Last Supper, Jesus served his closest friends bread and wine that symbolize Jesus giving his body and his blood for our sins. So today, when we take the Lord's Supper, we are remembering or commemorating Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and we examine our lives as we take part in communion. Now, there's two words for it. There's, we call it the Lord's Supper, or we call it communion. Well, I looked up the definition of communion. Here's what the definition of communion says. It says, common participation in a mental or emotional experience. We are communing together to remember what somebody did for us. In the same way that on Memorial Day, who, who are we commemorating on Memorial Day? We are remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and died for us. Amen? And in the same way, that's what this communion has to do with. When we, when we take up this communion, we are remembering the one that gave himself for us and paid the ultimate price for us. Amen. So that we, now the soldiers did it so that we could have freedom here in America. Jesus Christ did it so that you could have freedom from your sins. Amen. And guess what? We're all sinners. 
Listen, I'm not going to try to stand up here and be one of those preachers that wants to kind of make it like, well, you know, you need to be exactly like me because I'm perfect. And if you will be like me, uh, then you'll be perfect. You know, it's like the old, uh, some, I'm dating myself here, but uh, when Michael Jordan was a big thing, they, they had a commercial and a song, Be Like Mike, amen? And then we found out a few years later that Mike wasn't so squeaky clean, amen? I'm not going to tell you be, be like me. I'm not going to tell you because I will fail you. That's why I always tell you don't put your eyes on me. You better fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what the Bible says, amen? Because he is the ultimate, ultimate father. He is the ultimate uh, finisher and perfecter of our faith, amen? So we want to remember him, and uh, this is common participation in a mental or emotional experience. So guess what? This should mean something to you. I don't think many times when we take the Lord's Supper, we take it seriously enough. By the very definition of communion, it should be a mental and an emotional experience. It should mean something to us. When you're taking of this bread and you're drinking of this juice and you're, it's representing the body that was broken for you and the blood that was spilled for you, we should take that very seriously. And it should be a mental and emotional experience for us. Amen? All right. Uh, let's look at the scripture. Uh, there were two places that this ordinance was mentioned. All right? The first place was Jesus uh, did it the very first time. It's in Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. And this was the very first Lord's Supper. And if you'll remember, it was called the, uh, it was called the Last Supper. There's a big painting about it, and they're sitting at the table. And Jesus uh, is serving. They're eating together. And Jesus, all of a sudden, after they've eaten, begins to do this. This is the first time it's ever done and so Jesus kind of shows and sets the tone, all right, sets the example. It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and he blessed, and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, all right? Then he took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant. I want you to make a, a note of that or underline that, new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the, this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out unto the Mount of Olives. So this is a recording of the very first Lord's Supper, instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, do you think that everybody at the table completely understood what was going on at the time? Probably not. They were still trying to wrap their heads around. Jesus had been telling them that this has to happen. They're going to come and get me. They're going to crucify me, and I will have to die on a cross. And they were still, they could not comprehend it because they believed he was the Messiah. And in their culture, the Messiah was one that was going to come riding in on a white horse and wipe everybody out, and he was going to take over. He was going to be a political king, all right? And Jesus comes, and it's totally different than what they're expecting, all right? And so Jesus sets this up and says, this is the plan. Now, you've heard me say this many times. Jesus died for your sins so that you could be forgiven of your sins. There is no plan B. I've read the Bible from front to back. If you've read the Bible from front to back, you understand there is no plan B. There are not many roads lead to heaven. Amen? There is one plan Jesus had to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. All roads do not lead to heaven. Amen? We need to understand that, folks. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That came out of his mouth, so either he is a liar 
or he is exactly who he said he was. That's what you have to decide. I'm not here to tell you today, Jesus, listen, God's not going to send anybody to hell. We, if we end up in hell, it's going to be because we rejected it and we sent ourselves there because he has provided. I can unequivocally say from this side of the room all the way to this side of the room, Jesus died and he paid for every one of your sins, everybody in this room. The difference is whether you've accepted that and you believe that or not, all right? So it's all up to you. What do you put your faith in? Amen. Are you putting your faith in being a good person? Are you putting your faith in, well, I'm, I'm good enough and I'm, I'm probably, hopefully my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. That all sounds good, but you can't find that anywhere in the Bible. If you're going to believe that, take your Bible, throw it in the trash because you don't really believe it. Again, do we really believe what we say we believe? Amen. You've got to live it. It doesn't matter what you do, what you say, if you're not living it with your life. You can talk, talk all day, but what is talk? Talk is cheap. Amen? Talk is cheap. It's what are you doing? How are you living your life? Are you totally relying on the blood of Jesus to save you? Because guess what? That's the gospel that's in the Bible. Amen? That is the gospel that's in the Bible. All right? Now, Paul goes on. Uh, and the Corinthian church had turned the Lord's Supper into something it didn't need to be. Here's what they were doing. Now, these must have been Baptists. Because you know what they did with the Lord's Supper? They said, hey, let's just make it a party. Uh, I believe this may be where the covered dish supper came from. Amen? So in the Corinthian church, they just say, everybody bring a covered dish. We're going to all go down here to the fellowship hall. And we're just going to have an all-you-could-eat buffet. Had to be Baptists. Amen? And everybody's going to gorge themselves, and we're all going to become gluttons, and we're going to have this all-you-can-eat buffet and this big party, and we're going to have drinks. And in fact, it's going to be such a party. People are going to end up drunk. People are going to end up so full they can't. They pass out, and they, this is what they had turned it into. And so Paul had to come in and correct them. Listen, this is meant to mean something. This is, should be something that is a special holy experience. This ain't an all-you-can-eat buffet. This ain't going down to the Golden Corral and all of us making ourselves sick. Amen? And so they had turned it into something that it wasn't meant to be. So here's what Paul said to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 11, 28 through 32. And he said, this is how uh, it needs to be. All right? Uh, yeah, 23 to 32. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. Now, pay very close attention. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. When you and I, in just a moment, take this Lord's Supper, we are proclaiming the Lord's death for us until he comes back for us. In other words, the instruction is, do this to remember me until I come back for you. All right? And it should be done in a holy manner that we remember that we are proclaiming the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. For who? For somebody else? For your neighbor? No. For me. It's personal. All right? All right? Then verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread... Now, this is very important. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, this is a very important part because sometimes we don't take this serious enough. 
it says that we need to understand that we don't need to take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. In other words, if there's unconfessed sin in your life, if there's things not right in your life, you need to confess those things before you take the Lord's Supper. And he follows it up with this verse. He says, uh, the next verse says, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. All right? Verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And Paul was even saying, because y'all have desecrated this Lord's Supper, and because you haven't been doing it the right way, this is why many in your congregation are sick and are suffering, uh, because you have dishonored the Lord, all right? So it's something we need to take very seriously, all right? I'm going to give you these three things, the three elements of the Lord's Supper, and we're going to examine this, and then uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. When I get through teaching you about these three elements of the Lord's Supper, we're going to start with the invitation. Because the very first thing, if you'll look right here, says you are, before you ever partake of the Lord's Supper, before we ever do this over here, you need to examine your heart, pray, and say, Lord, is there anything in my life that's not right? Is there anything I need to confess? We're going to have an opportunity. We'll have an invitation. The altar will be open. That's The reason is because that's the very first element. Before you ever take the elements, you should examine your heart. And get things right between you and God. Amen. In un, an unworthy manner does not mean perfect. If you take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, it simply means I am taking it with sin in my heart. And what does sin do? Sin separates me from God. So I need to confess that sin to the Lord. Okay? All right. So here are the three elements of the Lord's Supper. Number one, examine and pray. The first thing we should do is take a moment to examine yourself and to allow the Holy Spirit to show you any sin in your life. Yes, you can take a picture of that or uh, write it down, whatever you need to do. And ask Jesus for his forgiveness. All right? Scripture for that is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. 28. It says, but, a, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. All right? The second element of the Lord's Supper is take and eat. All right? Uh, the second is eat, this, eat the bread that represents the body of Christ. Remember how his body was broken for our sins. Scripture for this one is Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. All right? And then the third element of the Lord's Supper is to take and drink. Third, drink the juice that represents the blood of Christ. And remember the new covenant or promise that we can be free from all sin through Christ's shed blood. All right? Let me tell you, the new covenant. Up to this point, until Jesus died on the cross, you know what the covenant was? The covenant was every time you sin, you've got to go and you've got to sacrifice an animal and blood has to be spilled to cover your sins. And they were under the law. And then when Jesus shows up, he said, I'm going to be the final sacrifice. And so he became that final sacrifice, and he spilled his blood for you and for me. And that's the last time blood had to be spilled was when Jesus spilled it. And that became the new covenant. The old covenant was the law. The old covenant was I got to do all these laws. I got to try to keep all these laws. And I got to try to be perfect. And I got to spill the blood of an animal, animal every time I mess it up. 
Now Jesus shows up and he says, I'm going to be that final sacrifice. I'm going to spill my blood and I'm going to be that sacrifice for you. And guess what? Um, you're, you're never going to have to do that again. And the new covenant now is that my blood covers your sin. Not just today's sin, but the past sin, the present sin, and the future sin. Amen. All right? So this is what the Lord's Supper is about. So I want to do this. I'm going to ask Julie to come, if she would. And again, this is going to seem weird because we're doing the invitation kind of in the middle rather than at the end. But before we ever do this over here, again, we can do, we can, uh, like I said at the beginning, you men can say, I will die for my family, but that doesn't really matter until before you do all that, you live for your family. And so you must examine your men. If we're going to be the men that we need to be the spiritual leaders in our home, that means we got to get up every day and we got to examine ourselves and say, Lord, am I doing the job I need to do? Am I being the man I need to be? And, uh, and the only way to do that is to examine yourself. Listen, it's hard to look in the mirror. It's a whole lot easier for me to see all your sins and all your problems than it is for me to see mine. But when I look in the mirror and I see my own sin and I see my own failures and shortcomings, it's ugly. It's ugly, and I don't like to see it. I don't like to look at it. But it's something that we have to do every day, men. And men, we, we have to be in touch enough with ourselves to say, Lord, I don't want to be this way. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. Amen. So uh, Julie's going to play, and here's what I'm going to ask. And, and by the way, as we pray today, please pray for uh, Martin texted me this morning and said he had to take Amanda to the ER this morning. And so we need to pray for uh, Martin and Amanda at the ER. She's been having some infection and different things in her body, and uh, she just got to hurting so bad this morning that they went on to the ER. So as you're praying today, please remember uh, Amanda and Martin uh, as they're at the ER today, all right? Um, but we're going to have an invitation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you've wandered far away from him, I invite you to come. Get that right with God. I'm going to be standing here at the front if you need me to pray with you. But here's what I want to really encourage you to do. The altar is open. And I'm going to encourage you, if uh, before we take the Lord's Supper, if you need to come and you just need to pray to the Lord, you can do it in your chair, but I think there's something special about coming and kneeling at the altar. Uh, I'll be here if you want me to pray with you. If you need to come and get saved, if you need to come and join the church, anything like that, I'll be right here. But the main thing is the, the altar is open for you, you to use at this point in time. Let's stand if you would. Father, I pray that you'd have your will and your way. And before we partake in the Lord's Supper, God, I just pray that we would examine our hearts and that we would uh, examine our lives, Father, and that we would, none of us here I know want to take partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to just do business with you during this time. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. The altar's open. If you would, you can come and pray. I'll be here to pray with you if you need me to.
be seated. Julie's going to continue to play. I'm going to ask the men who are going to help with the Lord's Supper to come forward, if they would. And they're going to prepare everything as they're getting ready and preparing. They're going to uh, they're going to serve you the Lord's Supper, because you'll notice one of the things uh, that Jesus did in the Bible is he broke the bread and he poured the uh, the cup and he served it uh, to them because he was the ultimate servant. Amen. So uh, they're going to prepare everything and get everything ready, and then we are going to partake in the Lord's Supper. serve the bread first so as they come around let's ask the Lord to bless this bread if you would father we love you bless this bread as we know that it represents your body that was broken for us father in Jesus name amen if you would take the bread and just hold on to it and then we'll all partake of it together
for just a moment. Brother Mark went back to serve the ladies in the nursery. After they had eaten, Jesus took the bread, and he broke it, and he blessed it, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you, and as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Then they took the cup and blessed it. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that as we partake of this cup, that we would remember your blood that was spilled for us, your blood that covers all of our sins. For the Bible says, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So we honor you and we honor your spilled blood for us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, take a cup and just hold on to it and we'll all partake together.
Then Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my blood, the new covenant, which was spilled for you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. You can just leave your cup in the seat there to you. We'll come by and get those. And the Bible says that after they had partaken in the first Lord's Supper that they sung a hymn and they went out. So if you would, let's stand and uh, let's sing the chorus of Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Let's sing it together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of Fathers, we thank you for being here. We have a free gift for you. I'm going to ask, she's going to love this. I'm going to ask the prettiest girl in the church, because uh, I know how you guys love pretty girls. Faith Trammell, would you go, uh, would you go hand out? See, I knew she'd love that. <coughs> Brother Gary, let, let the pretty girl uh, hand out. Brother Gary, you're pretty, but you ain't that pretty. Amen. And she's going to give you, men, we have a tape measure for you today. I looked, I wanted to give you something manly. Amen. And it was either a tape measure or a hammer, but a basket full of hammers, Faith couldn't have stood there and hold it. Amen. So we have a, uh, every, every good man needs a, a tape measure. Amen. So men, uh, fathers, uh, we honor you today. Get your free tape measure on your way out the door. And Brother Gary will have the, uh, the offering basket if you've got your offering on the way out. Father, we love you. Thank you for a great day. Thank you for all of our fathers. We pray that, God, you would bless them, help them to have a great day today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>